Hey girl, hey! Welcome to the Empowering Women Got a Minute podcast, where we celebrate the female leaders within our community. Join our hosts, Brianna Hinkle and Jamie Crone, as we introduce you to women that are making a difference in business, health, education, nonprofits, and more. Brought to you by the creators of Prescott Woman Magazine, a bi-monthly publication celebrating women. Sponsored by El Gato Azul, Prescott's quirky, cozy, and friendly place to meet. For more information and for their menu, visit elgatoazulprescott.com. Today, we are being fearless with Anne-Marie Sosbo. Midwesterner Anne-Marie made Prescott home 20 years ago and made a name for herself as a licensed insurance representative and office manager. Anne-Marie then founded and became the owner and editor of Maitre d' Magazine, a dining and culinary guide well-known across Northern Arizona. Her savvy sales and marketing skills led her to business-to-business sales and telecommunications with Sparklight Business. Now celebrating seven years with Sparklight, Anne-Marie uses her expertise in creating and maintaining long-term business relationships on a local level. Anne-Marie shows community support as an avid volunteer of many nonprofits, including Arizona Community Foundation of Yavapai County, Big Brothers Big Sisters, and the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Arizona. Her passions are clean eating, dance, hiking, peopling, and her favorite, cooking. She believes there are things that you do because they feel right and may be the real reason we are here, to love each other, to enjoy others' cooking, and say it was good. Hi, Anne-Marie. We would love to take a minute to chat with you today about being fearless. I found a quote online that I thought was interesting. It is, strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things you think you cannot. By Rhonda Rousey, or Rousey. Rousey. Rhonda Rousey. Thank you, Jamie. That's what I did here. So, uh, Anne-Marie, tell us a little bit about what you do as a profession. I help local businesses and businesses around the state uh, connect with internet and phone for Sparklight business. That's great. And um, I'll let Jamie. So can you tell us, um, Anne-Marie, what's a time in your career where you had to face a fear? Uh, Pretty much every day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in the beginning, it is funny because I look back at, you know, when I started this. And of course, I'm I'm not a technical person, um, and the thought of approaching people about their internet and their phone, and the fact that they would ask me how it worked, and I I just kept saying, can I just tell people it's magic? But I know <laughs> I stuttered and I stammered and I uh, left places like without probably finishing sentences um, because I just wasn't comfortable. But you know, it was my job and. Um, I had to make a living, so I just kept doing it. And now when I look back and I think of that person that that was had to really get up the nerve to walk into a place cold, um, now it's like, who cares? Hey, how you doing? You know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure that happens a lot. 
still it still happens some because we continue to get new new products and again i i'm much more comfortable talking about some of the technical issues or systems and how they work but um but it, it is a little nerve-wracking if someone expects me to know beyond what i know but i have people for that so <laughs> it's always nice to have those people that you can turn to with those more technical questions you know <laughs> Because we can't, we can't expect to be expected to know everything. Nope. <laughs> um, so you've held a lot of different career titles over the years. Based on your bio, you said from layout artist to sales. Which has been the most challenging? Would you say? Or all of them probably are, but. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I probably, you know, I mean, I guess having my own business was was the most challenging. Um, this in the beginning was very challenging. Uh, most jobs I've had, most positions I've held were new. I just, you know, I just said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> so uh, in the beginning, you know, there, there are challenges, but, um, but owning my own business, that was probably the most. Absolutely. And so as someone who's, who's faced challenges and, and overcome your fears, can you um, give us maybe three ways that you think all women can face fears and be empowered? Well, I mean, I have a lot of fears and some of them, as I've gotten this old, it really is good to get this old because it really is true that eventually you're like, ah, whatever. Um, I realized that some of my fears that it's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy roller coasters. I'm afraid of them. I'm not doing that. It's okay. But I think we can choose our fears to fight. We can choose what makes sense to say, you know what, I probably ought to do this. And I went to a retreat one time and they they said, see that telephone pole right there? We need you to climb to the top of it, stand on top of it, 30 feet, did I say that? And then jump off. Now that didn't seem like something necessary. Um, <laughs> But I, I did my best. I got all the way to the top. I felt really good about that. And that, again, that was my making my choice of this was a fear to even climb the darn thing, but climbing it and touching the top was good enough for me. So I think we don't need to put too much pressure on ourselves to hit up fears that, that you know, I think we have to think about where, what's that, where's that going to take us? Um, I'm not a person who wants to jump out of an airplane just for the sake of saying, you know, I, 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 I face that fear. That's just not me. And I think that's okay. I totally agree. It's like you have to um, choose your leaps. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And what does that look like for you? And what is the outcome? Like you're saying, like it's, you know, facing fears doesn't always mean that there's some big outcome at the end of it. Um, yeah. Jumping off out of a plane or any of that, that. And for some people, that means that's a life-changing experience. And for others, it's like, no, I just don't think I want to do that today. Thank you. <laughs> Sponsored by Hometown Aesthetics and Wellness. Be happy, be healthy. For more information, visit hometownaestheticsandwellness.com. Anne-Marie, like you said before, um, when you were owning your own business, you were once the owner and publisher of one of my favorite local magazines, Maitre D Magazine. 
And as a publisher, I want to know what was your favorite part of owning a publication and what was the most challenging? My favorite part was all of the people, such as yourself, that I got to build relationships with. I mean, that was invaluable um, and most enjoyable. And food is my passion. So being in that world and meeting people in that world was definitely my favorite part, being invited to special things and um, <clears throat> was was definitely my favorite part and seeing it come to life, um, which we made happen, um, seeing, you know, the idea of it come to like physical life. Um, and then having the feedback from people who read it, you know, who wanted to keep, you know, keep a, a binder of all of them on their counter or their you know in their cupboard or whatever. Um, those kinds of, of that kind of feedback was was definitely enjoyable. Um, the most challenging was that's a difficult um, industry. I mean, it's even more difficult now, I think, but at the time, that's a difficult industry. And to put myself in the beginning, I, I had partners, but then I eventually I was sole person um, as owner of it. Um, and to put myself in the position of sales and getting it all uh, produced um, was a lot. And that was definitely the most challenging. That was probably my first, I think that was my first stab at real outside sales. And again, just walking in someplace and saying, hey, you should give me money. Um, <laughs> you know, that was, that was a big challenge and uh, I learned a lot. Awesome. Um, and you said in your bio that you've sometimes had to work three odd jobs just to make it happen. Uh, we've all been there, myself included. Presently, I, I, I think it's fun to have multiple revenue sources. It keeps life fun. Um, can you tell us uh, what was the most interesting odd job that you've ever had? Hmm. <laughs> most interesting. All of a sudden, I'm drawing a blank except for one of the ones that I did at the time. Um, I had come from the insurance industry, so I would fill in for the agents that I worked for. So that was one of them. But I guess probably the um, the upholsterer, um, I would tear down for him the, you know, like antique furniture or even not so antique. But, you know, I would be the one that would just tear everything off so he could redo it. <clears throat> and, you know, you can find interesting things in a couch. I'm sure. Right. So, and you know how, like, um, every industry is something you don't know about till you're actually in it. So, just all the parts and pieces and and things that have to be done and tools that are used and all of those things. This and I love fabric. It's fun to see the fabric. So that was pretty. That was pretty cool. I. It's so funny to talk about like finding interesting things in sofas or in furniture. I read online, and this has probably been in the last year or so, where somebody bought a used couch online, and inside that couch were thousands and thousands of dollars. Ooh. They ended up getting it back to the whoever you know sold it because it was like a family estate sale sort of thing. But mm -hmm. how can you imagine like you buy a couch from Salvation Army or Goodwill and then you later somehow discover it's stuffed with thousands and thousands of dollars. 
I don't know if I would be as good about giving it back. I don't know. <laughs> I guess if you know exactly who you got it from, it would make it easier. <laughs> but if you get it from Goodwill, you're like, well, finders keepers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never found yeah, that so much money. Definitely found a lot of change, but just little things. It was mostly like tiny little things that were interesting, like pieces of jewelry or um, those kinds of things. And of course, we, you know, they were our customers, so we would keep it for them. But, um, Never thousands. That's I know. Now I want to check my sofa, but I bought it from Amazon, so I'm guessing there, <laughs> there are not thousands of dollars stuffed in there. You might find music crackers in my couch. <laughs> I just, I, to be honest, um, okay, we're going down the path, but I just <laughs> took my cushions off and cleaned the popcorn and cracker crumbs <laughs> out of where I sit. <laughs> just did that yesterday. <laughs> I know. Sometimes you just have to, and then. Yeah, it's a little weird when you do it because you're like, oh gosh, I should do this more often. I have to because my little dog has hidden kibble in my couch cushions before. <laughs> Talk about facing your fears, man. What's under the couch? Yeah, cushions? no kidding. <laughs> Lifting those cushions. <laughs> oh, so Anne Marie, um, with your current job, you are often out and about networking in the community. Do you consider yourself an extrovert, or was that a skill that you had to learn by doing? I think I've always been an extrovert. I think, you know, I like, I'm one of those extroverts that does enjoy my downtime. And like, if I'm invited, oh, hey, there's there's this thing happening at seven o'clock, but I went home at four o'clock. Uh-oh, I'm not coming back out. <laughs> um, sometimes. So I'm definitely an extrovert. I don't think anyone would argue with that. Um, but I also do like my downtime and time to myself. I think that's been a common theme with um, a lot of our guests is that balance between going out and doing the things that you enjoy or for business having to go out, but then also taking that time for yourself to, you know, rejuvenate and <laughs> re-energize. So that, that re battery. That's right. Recharge that battery. <laughs> so that way you can get back out there and do it. So it's good to have that balance between, um, between business and being an extrovert and also taking that important time to be with yourself. And I think you do a good job of that balance. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, alone is, is makes it, makes that really easy because when I'm home, I'm alone and that gives me that time. Mm -hmm. So when, when it is time to go out or do something or hang out with people, I'm, I look forward to it because I've been by myself for some time. <laughs> so speaking of kind of your day-to-day -day and taking time for yourself, what does a day look like for you? Like what is kind of a typical day for you or is there a typical day? <laughs> or as a work day? Yeah. Um, you know, since the big, you know, situation <laughs> where I worked home at home for almost two years, almost exclusively, um, now I uh, work from the office a few days a week. And on those days, I, um, you know, I have to get up a little bit earlier than I would like <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, get myself actually dressed in clothes that people would, you know, consider to be work clothes, <laughs> which, you know, I love clothes, but, uh, you know, that whole time of staying at home in, in um, company things spoiled me. And it's weird because I, like yesterday, I got up, I got dressed, 
Um, and I always, you know, I have to think long and hard about the whole outfit situation. And I, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to wear. And then I put something on. I'm like, okay, great. And then I'm so angry because I didn't, I only saw like one person yesterday. I wasted an outfit. <laughs> that was depressing. No, so I, I get into the office and spend some time on the phone and, you know, doing some research of what companies might be opening up here because I like to catch them early if I can because otherwise I miss out on that um, connection. Um, so I spent some time here and then, you know, many days I go and, you know, just spend some time in the community visiting um, current customers, customers or folks that don't have our service, you know, just basically going door to door um, and then, you know, head home by five-ish and try to cook stuff. <laughs> For myself and uh, and chill out, but is that what you, is that what you're looking for? Just the... yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you know it's just interesting to hear what somebody's day consists of. Because some you know, and when you say try to cook stuff, I think you succeed um, well because I I feel like I saw a picture of. Are you making gluten free sourdough? Actually, I'm not making it gluten free. I, okay. I have made gluten-free bread in the past, but because mm -hmm. of the way that sourdough is created, mm -hmm. it's a little easier on your digestive system just by virtue of it being sourdough. Yeah. Um, natural yeast. So um, yes, I made my first sourdough loaf and was she pretty or what? I'm sorry, she was, she was gorgeous. She was, that's why I was impressed because I was like, wow, that is a nice looking loaf. <laughs> <laughs> She was a long time coming. I actually have had that starter for months, but I have been without an oven for months. So, um, oh yeah, because you're remodeling. So, well, it, my oven actually just broke. Oh, a, a few months ago, um, as they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was used hard. <laughs> yeah, and I do love to cook, and I, but some nights, you know, if it's a, been a long day of doing what I do on the phone, out in the field. Um, then maybe I don't want to. Maybe it's popcorn for dinner. Yeah, popcorn for dinner. That's a classic. Yes. Cereal for me is kind of a go-to if I'm like, I just don't want to cook. Chips and stuff. Oh, I wanted cereal really badly last night and I make my own almond milk. So I have almond milk. So and by the way, making it yourself makes it so much better. But um, I don't have any cereal because I have to, I typically try to find grain-free cereal and it can be expensive. Yeah, yeah. Love cereal. I ended up having on my sourdough peanut butter and jelly last night. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Anytime you can do PB and J. Yeah. Well, um, so now we've come to the part of our podcast where we do a little something fun with all of our guests. It's rapid fire questions. Um, so we'll ask you three <laughs> questions and Jamie's going to start it off. All right. Who is your hero? Mm. Okay, is is it your your goal to make people cry? Um, I have three sisters, and they're all heroes in certain ways. But um, I have one sister who's just been through a lot, and I tell her from time to time that she's my hero oh. because the things that she's been through and that she keeps going and smiling and laughing and working and doing all the things is just. It's inspiring. It, I mean, it's truly, truly inspiring. If I start to get a 
stuff, um, I have to think of my sister Kathy and go, you know, if I called her right now, no matter what's going on, she would smile and giggle and laugh and and talk about, you know, getting through it. So, yeah, she definitely, she's the one. Aww. Oh, she's our hero now too. She sounds like a strong woman. I know you're a strong woman too, so it must run in the family. Uh, my mom was definitely a strong woman for sure. And I think, <laughs> um, I think we got that from her, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, her, her, my sister Kathy's story could be a lifetime movie, easy peasy. Um, so next question, um, what is your biggest fear? I suppose, you know, it would be around my son. Um, and I don't even like to think about fears in that way. I try to, or I practice being positive about life and things. So I am, you know, even thinking about a, a fear, but it would definitely be around my son, which is very happy and lovely and, and doing fantastic right now so um we're just going to continue that um thought <laughs> yeah. right. um what was your first job um my parents um were the owners or purchased the 100th domino's pizza franchise when i was 11 or 12. i think i was 11. Um, because it started in Michigan where we're from. And so, you know, <laughs> that's where it was. And so the first thing I got to do was make boxes. <laughs> and then my sister and I, the youngest, I'm, I'm number eight of nine children. So we all got jobs. Um, <clears throat> and um, first we got to make boxes and then we were promoted to phone girl. We could be called phone girl back then, taking orders. So you've been in the, you've enjoyed the food business in one way or the other, whether cooking or just, you know, in the food business for a long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've, I've worked for a caterer before. Um, my mother was uh, part of a way ahead of its time place in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where it was a cooking store, a school, a patisserie, a restaurant, a catering company, and very famous chefs now used to come there. And teach cooking classes in the, in the early 80s. Oh, wow. Way ahead of his time. And I know your son is in the food industry as well. He's, um, I don't know what his title is. I want to say chef, but I'm not sure if that is the correct title or. Right. I, I'm thinking he just got a promotion. So I think once this promotion, they're, they're building out part of a, a new space for him to have his own kitchen um for this place and i think he can be called a chef then but he you know he went to culinary school and this was something he told to me you're you're a chef if you run the kitchen you're a line cook or you're a sous chef or you're a chef like an executive chef but to cook, he would be like you can't call me a chef i'm a line cook you know, regardless of the fact that he's worked in lovely places and done this for many years and and does very well, but um, yes. Well, that's exciting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Takes after his mom in a way with that, I'm sure. 
Well, I, you know, he did, he started out loving science, and we always cooked together. Even I have when he gets to be famous, I have video of him cooking at the Six Stone. He's like two, so <clears throat> that'll come in handy. But you know, cooking is science, and I think that's what drew him to that. Yeah, it goes hand in hand. <clears throat> it's all experimenting sometimes, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Anne-Marie, for taking a minute with us today. For the listeners, can you tell them how they can learn more about what, what you do with Sparklight Business or get in touch with you? Uh, sure. My phone number is 928-443-3361. That is the only number to reach me um, and to reach a local person. Because folks will, you know, certainly call the, the published numbers and, and get somebody, but they're they're not getting a local person. So I'd love to help if I could um, with folks. And I, I only do business uh, accounts. I don't do residential. Um, but but anytime I can help with a business question or new business service, I would love to do that. Sponsored by Finley Toyota in Prescott, Arizona. For all your Toyota and used car needs, visit finleytoyotaprescott.com. Thank you for listening to Empowering Women, Got a Minute? We hope you tune in next week. And you can check out any of our episodes at prescottwomanmagazine.com. Talk to you later.